You know, in the culture we live in today, there's this phrase for people that are aware of what's going on. We call it being woke. We talk about politicians that are woke. And it's, it's referring to those who are familiar with the political, social, economic situation that's going on. And it's considered important, especially for leaders, that they're woke to what people's concerns are. But I'd like to suggest that being woke, aware and awake, is an old direction from God himself way back for thousands of years that is relevant to every single area of your life and mine. We do, we do as Berliners here, need to be woke to the issues of our city. We need to be aware of what's going on. Can I encourage you to, to well, I'm not a political person, Pastor. That doesn't matter. Be aware of the, of the, of the issues facing the city and, the, and the, the community where you live. You can't be part of the solution if you don't know what's going on. And it's the same when it comes to healthy relationships. In order to really connect with others, we've got to be awake to the needs and feelings of people around us, of your friends. See, if, if you're talking with any, anyone and you look at them and you are genuinely interested in what they're talking about and how they feel, you'll know that. People can tell when we're genuinely interested in them. And can I challenge you? Get woke to that because what it does is it creates a sense of connection that leads to intimacy and friendship. We need to be aware of the feelings of others. There's nothing more challenging than working or in a family where you're dealing with people that just aren't aware of the feelings of others. And then I think it's very important to be woke to yourself. You need to know you. You need to know your strengths and your weaknesses. You need to be able to, I kind of picture it for myself sometimes, because uh, none of us are really, really good at this. It's a, it's a work in progress. Somebody can say amen. It, it's, it's a work in progress. But I, I visualize myself sometimes stepping out of me and looking at me and, and trying to get an understanding of, of myself, because if you can't really recognize your strengths and your weaknesses, you can't adjust, you can't change. And you can't change what you can't see. And so some of us are more naturally capable of being self-aware. I believe it's a great gift from God that he gives us to be able to see ourselves. But some of us are, are more woke to that than others. And if you're somebody who would say, you know, I'm I'm often the last to understand something that involves me. I don't always see myself. No problem. Find some woke people to surround yourself with that are friends, that aren't just going to tear you down, but that can help you perhaps have more awareness of yourself. And of course, when it comes to being woke, there's nothing more important than having that dynamic at work in our relationship with God. And we know from Scripture that God desires for us to be awake and alert. There's all kinds of Scriptures that talk about walking into every day fully aware of who God is. You know, we live in a culture that says God doesn't exist 
or uh, it just for, to keep it Christmassy on the second Sunday of Advent, that God's like a Father Christmas with a big white beard and there's snow falling down in heaven. And he's not really interested in anything uh, going on in your life. He might care about the big picture a little bit, but not much. The world's a mess. He couldn't be too interested. But certainly he doesn't care whether I do well on my exam this week. Can I tell you that that's a lie? That the scripture says, God so loved the world, he sent his only son. The whole story of Christmas is that God does care. That he is an engaged, loving creator and good father to all of us. And so it's important as we look to the next year and living in a new level of being awakened to who we are and where we're going, it's important that we get awakened to who God really is. And I would say if that's something that's new for you, come on the journey. You won't be disappointed. The scripture says anyone who seeks to know him is never disappointed. We also need to be awakened, not just to who God is, but who we are. Because, again, we live in a culture that says, yeah, we really don't matter. It, it, you know, maybe if you come from a wealthy family and we, we put ourselves in categories, people from that country aren't as important as this country. And here is the truth. God so loved the world, the Christmas story. Jesus came into the world as a human being. He lived among us and got as close to us as is humanly possible. Nothing's closer than a crying baby. And he did that to walk this earth, live a perfect life that you and I cannot live. And he died an unjust, terrible death on the cross. And he took on himself the darkness of every single one of us, our sin nature. It was nailed to his body on the cross. And he broke the power of darkness that we live in, that lives inside of us, and makes it possible through the work of his Holy Spirit to be created into new people, men and women, no matter whether you're from one country or another, no matter how old you are, he has made it possible. It's the Christmas story. He's come. And so your life does matter. You're important. In fact, turn to someone next to you. Don't be shy. Tell them you're special. You're special. A couple of you up there by yourself. You're special. You know who I'm talking about up there. We're special. You say, well, Steve, I don't feel special. Keep listening. Keep listening. See, we also have to be woke, not just to who God is and who we are. We've got to be awake to what his plans are for us. See, now, I don't know your life in all its details. I don't know everything about where you're going in a year or five years. Here's what I do know. God has declared for each of us that his plan for us is hope and a future. You have an incredible future. So do I. And that's worth celebrating. But we've got to be awake to it. And as we are, Jesus promises that you'll live life to the full. And that's exactly the way he lived. Through all the challenges we face and just doing life, sending kids off to school, paying bills, taking tests, writing thesis, starting businesses, all of these things are important. 
and they can take over, and you can end up living life walking around, eyes wide open, looking greatly dressed. You look smart. Some of you guys are looking really stylish here this afternoon. Amen. Thank, thank you. Checking in on you, making sure we're awake. You can look really alive, but be completely asleep on the inside, in your soul. And that's not the way it should be. Jesus has a different plan. And he gives us an incredible strategy. And what I love about it, it's not 10 pages. It's so short. He declared it in Matthew 26. He said, keep watch and pray. I like simple. I can do that. And it's really interesting. What I love about it is when you think of the word pray, you usually think about reading maybe, if depending on your background, some of us have grown up in a church where they put the prayer in the book, and you can read it from there. Well, but most of us are used to thinking about prayer as closing our eyes and talking. Now, don't do that when you're driving, please. Or forward, far. And if you're riding your bicycle, don't close your eyes and pray. But the truth is that prayer is simply having a conversation with God. Which, by the way, isn't us just talking. That's listening, too. But that's another message. But to watch and pray, what I love about that is it's talking about having a conversation with God. Where I'm looking. Oh, I see that. Pray about it. Oh, I see that. I'm praying about it. I'm looking. I'm, I'm alert to what's going on in my family, with my friends, with my team here in church. I see somebody struggling. I'm watching and I'm praying. And can I encourage you, if you're talking to somebody who's, who needs to be prayed for, don't just say, oh, I'll pray for you this week. Do it right there. I had a friend who did that in the checkout line at the supermarket. Now, they kept their eyes open, so they kept moving when it was their turn. But the people were looking at them, and they're praying there, and it didn't go long, but it made a statement that prayer is not being in a particular place at a particular time with your eyes closed. See, that was Jesus' strategy. If you read his story in the Gospels, he started out early in the morning going off and having time alone with God. At night, throughout his day, he did what he's telling us to do. Watch and pray. Get your eyes open to what's going on around you. And what I love about that, and here's the example that he set for us. Jesus came into the world. We celebrate his coming at Christmas. You realize Advent means coming. It's his first coming. And we're preparing and getting ready for his second coming. But we're here to celebrate his first coming. And at the end of his life, the last night that he was here on earth, he prayed in John 17. He said, Father, I have glorified you. I have finished the assignment you gave me down to the last detail. Isn't that amazing? And, and so what happened was that Jesus adopted this strategy of watching and praying so well that he didn't let anything get in the way of him fulfilling his calling. You see, the first coming of Jesus to be born and to, and to, and to be raised up and have a ministry on the earth was to go to the cross and die for all of us. 
It was announced at his birth that he was there to forgive the sins of many. And he completed that task. And here's the thing. What Jesus did, God wants you and I to do. He has an assignment for us. So he wants us living, watching, and praying, and, and leaning in to everything that he has for us. So I declare over your life, whether you're visiting, whether you're here for the first time, or you've been in this church for a while, I declare over your life that 2020 is going to be a year, an awakening season at a new level that you're going to come into God's best for your life in a new level that you've never experienced before in Jesus' name. Amen. Wow. I'm believing that for my life and for yours and for this church. So hold on to your seat. We're going to live, as we lean into this, we're going to live thankful. I believe that's an important part of this as we, as we watch and pray, is to live thankful. You see, nothing will keep you awake to God's plans and his best than starting every day as you get up and open your eyes and saying, God, I thank you that I'm alive I thank you for my family, whatever it is in your life. As you give him thanks for that, it's amazing what happens. I can tell you, I've been doing this a long time. It, it's amazing. Before you know it, if, and especially if you're thanking him when everything going on is not things you really are thankful for. Did you hear what I just said? You didn't ask to get fired. You didn't ask for that friend to gossip about you. Stuff happens in life. But if you will choose, regardless of what's going on around you, to let thankfulness come out of the inside of you, it just changes your whole perspective about what's happening. It, it allows you to see the goodness of God. And it moves you away from thinking that all the good things are just happening because they happen to happen. Well, it just happens that way. See, that's the way the world around us is, is operating. Well, we'll take the good, and you know, the, it, who knows what's going to happen. It's just karma. See, we don't believe in karma. Karma says, do bad, you'll get bad. It'll come back around to you. Do good, and you'll get good. No, no, no. Jesus tells us through the gospel, you, you, you do bad, and I'll give you good anyway. I've covered the bad in my goodness, in what I've done at the cross. You can't, there's a win-win when it comes to him. We don't live in fear anymore. I just love this from, in the Philippians, you can write it in your notes. It was actually the number one verse of the year in the U Bible, I saw. But I didn't pick that, this verse, after I read that. I had this already picked out, I promise. But I want you to listen. I'm not going to have it on screen. I want you to just hear this because it really tells us something important about being thankful, living in thanks. Paul writes this, Philippians 4, 6 was the verse that was the number one verse. He says, always be full of joy. Let everyone see that you are considerate. Remember, the Lord's coming soon, his second advent. Don't worry about anything. Am I talking to anyone here who's worried about anything? Let me say that again to you. Don't worry about anything. 
Instead, pray about everything. The small stuff, the big things, your family, that test, the things that no one might know about, everything. And then watch. Then, if you do that, you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. Now, do you hear that? What's missing, it says, pray about everything, don't worry, and then give God praise and thanks. What's missing there? It didn't say, wait for him to answer your prayer, then give him thanks. You see, we think that the only way we can be thankful is with answers. That verse says it's in the asking that the peace of mind and peace of heart comes. Do you hear what I'm telling you? When things aren't going well, press in anyway. And what will happen is you're going to have a different mentality. You're going to start to see the small things that you never thought God would do. I'll give you a perfect example. You get the third service. You, I've got a little more time here. <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> no, I've got a clock. I promise. I got a clock. But, but I'll give a perfect example. When we came here, 2011, before we moved here, we started to pray two things. God, thank you for opening the door. We only got two hours. We only got two hours. We're going to have one service, but we're going to believe that you're going to give us favor. And not just with the management of the theater. You're going to give it to us with all the businesses in Potsdamer Platz. The Times Square of Berlin, 80 to 90,000 people a day come through here. We want to be known as the people of God who are kind and generous. Can I tell you, we've seen, we, now we didn't tell everybody that where we went. You know, we've been praying for favor. We didn't tell that to the management when we started to negotiate with them. Are you hearing me? But within months, within months of being here, they started to make comments about how we were really different. And not that long ago, a crew came in to clean the theater for the next show. And they opened the door. Somebody, one of our team was right there. They opened the door. They had their dustpans dust and their brooms. They were coming in to clean, and they, oh, it's the church. We don't have to do this. They knew that we clean up. We make it cleaner than when we get here. That gives us favor. Do you hear what I'm saying? It's a direct answer to that prayer that we gave years ago. I could tell more examples of that. Do you understand what I'm telling you? To, to walk into your next season, start living at another level in giving thanks to God, and he will open your eyes to the places that he's working in the lives of others. And, and, and you're going to get this attitude on you. Oh, God, I'm never going to forget your benefits. That's what Scripture says. I, I'm going to remember all your benefits, how you helped me in that situation, how you gave me just the right word for my boss. Uh, you did so amazing here in this situation with my finances that I had no idea you could do. I want to encourage you. Live giving thanks in Jesus' name. I want us to be able to declare like the psalmist, I will bless and trust you, Lord, at all times. I want to live each day giving thanks in Jesus' name. 
I think it's important that we not only live with thanks, but we live with an awokeness. Oh, Translator, let me hear that. <laughs> we need to stay woke to the favor of God. That's really what Christmas is all about. God's unconditional, undeserved favor was born in Bethlehem in Jesus. I love the, the word that came, the messenger that came to Mary. Luke's gospel, chapter 1. The angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. I love that. He doesn't call her name. He calls her a title. Highly favored one. Now, if you're familiar with the story of Jesus' birth, we all understand and normally think, oh, that's nice. Mary was blessed among women because she was Jesus' earthly mother. True. True. But now because of Jesus... And because of what he's done to make you and I new creations where we have God living in us in the power of the Holy Spirit, everything that messenger said, are you listening here? Come on. Everything he said to her is now true for you and me. So now you can walk around with the same title, I am highly favored. Emmanuel, God is with me, and I am blessed in my family. I am blessed at my place of work. I am blessed in my church, in my community group. I am blessed. And listen, we have something that even Mary could not fully have imagined in that moment. You and I have the beautiful counselor and helper, the Holy Spirit, who will give you favor at work. He will give you favor in your marriage, in your business. He will pour out over you creative ideas. You literally have a direct connection Connection, a SMS program connected to heaven itself. Scripture says that we now have the mind of Christ. Christ is the creator and sustainer of the universe. And he is with us and in us. And that enables us to live in favor like even the old and New Testament heroes could not have imagined. Are you getting this? I want to encourage you to live under God's favor at a new level. Now look again at Mary for a moment. Think of this. The Lord said to her, you are highly favored. But that favor was not just for her. In fact, all of humankind has been blessed by the favor God put on her. You get that? Is that true? Come on. Well, now bring it to yourself. God isn't just giving you favor so you have a big smile through Christmas. He's putting favor on you so that you're going to awaken the love and mercy of God for people to see it in your family this Christmas, in this city, in every place we go. All of the sudden, we've got a lifestyle of favor that is so overwhelming that people are going, what is it? Are you taking some kind of vitamins? 
because there's such a glow on you. I love hearing the stories all across church of the favor of God that people are seeing and asking questions. Oh, I love that. I declare that over us. Oh, God, may your favor just grow. But finally, we need to stay in faith. We need to stay in faith. Yes, we need to live in thankfulness. We need to live under God's favor, but we need to stay in faith. What do I mean? Faith is simply believing in things that haven't happened yet as though they already are. And that includes the promises of God. That includes the fact that he, he wants you living in freedom, full of life and health. And maybe some things in your life right now are not going the way you'd like. Can I encourage you to have faith and believe when God says that he has hope and a future? You begin to picture what that life looks like. When we pray for someone who has cancer or a, a, a sister or someone was in a hospital with, a, with a, a challenge with their hearing, as you pray for friends, as you pray for yourself, begin to picture in Jesus' name that they're already listening and hearing and giving a shout of praise. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? Come on. And see, that's staying in faith. Because faith completely changes the way we see the world around us. It puts us right in the company with David. This is a guy, King David, from long ago. He was under constant challenge of taking his life. He had all kinds of angry people with weapons. Kind of like Braveheart. People were after him. And yet that young man in Psalm 57 said, I am going to awaken the dawn with my praise. I can't help but let it come out of me. And this young man wrote half of the Psalms in the Bible today. Uh, out of the 150, half of them were written by him because he lived such a life of staying in faith and believing that the Lord is my shepherd. He's going to walk with me even through the valleys of shadow of death when people are threatening me. He's going to put a table of blessing even in front of my enemies. And I am going to walk with him right into his kingdom forever and ever. He's going to do all of this and much more in Jesus' name. I want to believe here today that we're ready like Mary, like David, and like other heroes of Scripture to get a revelation that the things they did are not there for us to go, oh, that's pretty good. They're there to remind us of what God wants to do in your life. He has the same plan, the same anointing, the same expectation in your life that he has in theirs and in mine that he is going to move you to a new level of being awakened to all of this. Because remember, that the, the inspiration that David wrote all of those beautiful psalms have been inspiring generations ever since. So I want to challenge you to take another look at your conversations. Take another look. Examine how you're thinking. What are you talking about? Are you speaking out faith? Or have you got caught up in speaking negativity and, and, and a lack of expectation in the future? It's so easy to do. We live in a negative world that expects the worst to happen. 
And listen, I'm not talking about being naive to the darkness and all of the things going on around you. What I'm talking about is speaking beyond them into what will happen in Jesus' name and by his power. Oh, I can see it. I can see it happening across the church. In the first service today, someone came up afterwards and said, I'm all in, Steve. I love that. I'm all in. I want to do all of that and more. So I speak that over you today. A yes and amen spirit. A rise and shine spirit that just has an expectation of great things. A season of awakening in 2020. Pray with me. And as you're seated there right now, closing your eyes, just to give us a moment, if you receive and believe what I've just declared, say amen. (laughs) Father, I pray right now for that yes and amen spirit to just take hold of every single person here. Holy Spirit, speak exactly into the very areas that each person needs to hear from you to move into all that you have for them. And with your heads bowed and eyes closed, we never close the service without also inviting. Maybe there's some of you here that have never said yes to Jesus. I can't think of a better way to come into Christmas than giving your life to Jesus Christ. And if you've never done that or if you did it sometime in the past, And you'd say, honestly, Steve, I'm not really walking with God now, but I want to come back to him. I want to invite you to do that right where you're seated right now. Just say yes to him. Lord, I need you. Come into my life. And we're going to pray in a moment, all of us together for that. But I want to give you this moment just between you and God. And if that's where your heart is, I want you to just boldly lift your hand and let me see it. I'm going to pray for you right now here. I want you to be able to remember this moment. Let's just lift our hands, if that's you. (laughs) Hold it up for a moment. Thank you. I see you. Anyone else? Thank you. Come on, guys. Let's stand to our feet, and let's give the Lord applause and praise. Salvation is in the house of the Lord. Healing is in the house of the Lord. And I want us to pray the prayer that will come on screen. We love to pray this. Those of you who lifted your hands, and even if you didn't, but you're saying, I need to come back to him, I know I do. Pray this from your heart. I can tell you this. This prayer will move you into an awakening season in Jesus' name. (laughs) We ready, church? We ready? Okay. Father in heaven, I believe Jesus died on the cross for me. Thank you for your amazing love. I repent of my sins and thank you for your forgiveness. Come into my life and give me a fresh start. I receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Help me to live my life for you from this day forward. Amen and amen. Come on, let's put our hands together.